Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. We have had a great time watching the Olympics this uh, past couple weeks. It has not been without a lot of drama on, on many different fronts. As you all know, the, the main games are finishing tomorrow, and then we'll get into the Paralympics. I wanted to reach out to a, an old friend of mine in Japan who is an expert on not only sports in general, but Japanese sports in particular. Marty Keenert is a senior general manager for the Sendai Japan 89ers basketball team, former GM of the Rakuten Eagles baseball team, uh, has been in Japan for over 40 years, uh, was a, a sports journalist for many years. Uh, Marty, it is a pleasure to have you on with us today. Welcome to uh, Money FM in Singapore. Glenn, nice to see you again after all these uh, years. Uh, looks like a beautiful background behind you. You are in Sendai, right? I'm sitting in my living room right right now, and it's a little overcast and cloudy, but it, you, you can see better that way. If it's too bright, you can't see anything. There you go. Marty, um, talk to us about your, your overall impressions about what's happened with these Tokyo games. We unfortunately have just seen Japan cross the million mark when it comes to COVID infections. And that, that has been one of the big stories of these games. But, but there have been many other stories, too, and very positive, uplifting ones as well. What has stood out for you so far? Well, unfortunately, most of it is negative. You know, the wow. 64 Olympics were um, I th- necessary to bring, you know, Japan into the modern world, I think. You know, they were recovering from a disastrous World War II. Um, you know, they built highways. They built the Shinkansen bullet train, the fastest train in the world. Almost all the five-star hotels that were built in, in Tokyo were done at that time. Even even a lot of flush toilets came into uh homes before the Olympics in 64. I mean, the country really kind of needed uh, that Olympics. And and it was a great legacy left by doing them. I think the only legacy that's going to be left by this, you know, I've I've been telling some people, this is an Olympic about lies. Hmm. Even the name is 2020 Olympics. It's not, it's 2021. I don't know why I have to start with a lie. You know, aren't we in 2021? And, you know, initially they said that we're going to, they were going to have a, uh, uh, you know, a relatively low budget Olympics at seven, you know, point four billion, and now it's like at, at, at it's quadrupled in price already, and the and the, and the ticker's still going up. Uh, Mr. Bach came over from the IOC and said that uh, uh, you know zero possibility for Corona to be spread in the bubble of the Olympic Village. Well, already about three hundred plus people have gotten Corona inside that village where it was supposed to be impossible to happen. Mm, mm. And, and, and the coronavirus cases, you know, nationwide are, 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 are skyrocketing. Every medical professional in Japan, all the top associations that were all completely opposed to having this Olympics. My former boss, the owner of the Rock 10 Eagles, Mr. Mikitani, you know, the third wealthiest man in this country, said holding the Olympics during a pandemic is like a suicide mission. Wow. And... And that got a lot of publicity worldwide because he's an important guy in the economic world. So I, I really don't think these Olympics should be held, and especially during the hot summer months. You know, mm-hmm. back in 64, they had the common sense to hold them in October when it's cooler. And they've had uh, quite a few people, athletes already have to be, get you know, medical care because of, of, of um, you know, uh, heat exhaustion. So... And, and I don't think we don't. I don't think we know how how bad the effects of this Olympics yeah. will be. We're not going to know until two to three weeks or months from now. 
after these people go back to their homes and all of a sudden are we going to see skyrocketing corona cases in every country that participated in the Olympics? We might. Hmm. And I, I just think that's too risky. Hey, hey, fascinating insight, Marty. It's Neil Humphreys here. And it's refreshing to hear that because, you know, I felt there was something slightly cynical about international coverage coming out of Japan in the sense that before the Olympics started, Glenn, we saw daily the protests, the street protests from Japanese people protesting against the Games. Once the Games started, it all became Games, 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 understandably, as if the protests went away and people suddenly accepted the Games in, in Japan. I'm getting the impression from you, Marty, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the mood within Japan, within Tokyo, didn't really change that much even after the Games had started. Is that fair, or did more people get on board with the Games as they progressed? I think what happened, Neil, is I don't think they, you know, changed their opinions of what, you know, should be done. They just, when it started, they said, well, there's an expression in, in Japan called shikata kanai, it can't be helped. Right. Okay. And once it got started and rolling, well, what are we going to do about it now? They've got them, so, well, we have to live with it. Yeah. But they don't really know what they're going to be living with. What they are going to be living with is a huge debt. I, I, I think I saw a figure of, like, every Tokyoite is going to have to pay out of his pocket at extra taxes over $1,000. Hmm. You know, the entire, entire country, because the Tokyo you know, has to pay the biggest bite for this. But all the taxpayers in the whole country are going to get hit with a tax bill to pay for this Olympics because – you know, they, they almost the events had to be held without uh, patrons, fans, and uh, that's a huge bite uh, yeah, out, of, of, out of the income. But the interesting thing is, well, why did these Olympics occur? You know, another th- lie was that, well, this is a game, you know, that this is the athletes first. We're for the athletes. Hmm. If they were really for the athletes, they wouldn't have held the games. What, what, what they held the games for were uh, IOC and NBC. For the money that the, the that uh, television revenues generate, you know, they I think they gave up on having fans a long time ago because they said, well, as long as we broadcast the games on TV, the main money flows. Hmm. IOC gets their money, you know. We get we get we we will have accomplished our games, but. Uh, this games was all about money. It was interesting too. I, I noticed uh, a couple of weeks ago that Toyota decided to not run its TV commercials uh, about the taxis that it had built and things like that. Oh, really? Uh, in Japan, that they were running them overseas. Uh, were other advertisers and sponsors of the games uh, similarly taking a low profile because of the controversy around the games? Uh, indeed, uh, many did. Uh, for example, m- many of them had planned events. You know, around you know during the Olympics, almost all those events were were canceled because well, first of all, they you know they can't get people together now. Right. So sponsors did pull back a lot on you know their promotional plans that were for the games. I don't know how many pulled out completely. I think, but, but what you said, they toned it down a lot. And yeah. and uh, you know, I, I've I just saw an article in you know from the states yesterday. It said that this this. Uh, you know, Olympics is generating no excitement in the United States. And I think that's probably the truth of around, you know, most of the world. 
it's, it's not the normal excitement that you expect during during the Olympics. Yeah. yeah, I mean, looking at the other side, playing devil's advocate, I mean, I'm reading your extraordinary resume here, Marty. You know, you've been a general manager in professional baseball, basketball. You know, you have a sports background. And the counter-argument would obviously be the Olympics is always about legacy. It's always about what happens after, you know, nurturing the next generation. Do you see any of that in Japan where the younger generations, have they been galvanized by the Olympics? Have they been inspired by the likes of Sky Brown in the skateboarding and other successful Japanese athletes, or does that general sense of apathy, cynicism over COVID still reign? What are your thoughts on that? Well, there certainly will be a positive legacy from the standpoint of the influence it has on youngsters because they can't help but see athletes perform well. I mean, it's the only really good part about this I mean, Olympics is seeing these great performances. Yeah, and I'm you know I, as critical as I am of the you know, of the games overall, I am enjoying watching the competition. Hmm. You know, right now I'm watching you know the end of the golf competition. You know, uh, uh, with the ladies, and it's it's really a tight race, and you've got a, you've got a, an Indian lady in there that's, that's in the in the competition for a gold medal, which I think is wonderful. Uh, you know, that's going to inspire a lot of new golfers in India, I think, if she wins a gold medal. Anyhow, uh, and I, I certainly kids, you know, with the rock climbing, with the skateboarding and those things, that will definitely influence kids in Japan and the people watching around the world. So there will be a positive legacy in a way for the, you know, number of kids that, that want to get more involved in sport. But that may be the only good part of the legacy. As I said, the 64 Olympics left, uh, you know, highways and trains and, and, and infrastructure that has helped us all li- live here for, you know, I've here, lived most of my life here. And, you know, 64 Olympics was, was, was a game changer for the country. And this one, this one's not, you know, what, what people are going to be left with after this games, other than those inspirations, that, you know, uh, inspirational effect on the kids is going to be a lot of debt, wow. a lot of problems. And if, and if, I'm afraid what could happen with COVID. I mean, we could see COVID here skyrocket in this country. Hmm. And we could also see it you know, be a negative effect in you know, the people that had a lot of participants here in, you know, during the Olympics. So we don't know. What we're, what, what's, you know, what we're heading into. Yeah, we're talking with Marty Keener, who is in uh, Sendai, Japan right now, the senior general manager for the Sendai Japan 89ers basketball team, former GM for the Rakuten Eagles baseball team. Marty, you know athletes uh, as good or better than anybody uh, in that country with your many decades of being a sports journalist and and working with these uh, pro clubs. One of the topics that has come up very clearly has been the mental health of athletes Mm. during these games. We saw Naomi Osaka early on. Of course, she talked about it during the French Open. uh, And then again, during the Olympics, uh, Simone Biles uh, backing out and talking about it as well. Is that a positive element or legacy to this games that finally on a global stage over and over, we are, you know, people are finally talking about mental health issues that were maybe, uh, you know, swept under the rug before. I, I think it's a very good thing that the discussion has begun. You know, I don't think we're half where we have to be. But, you know, now, I mean, Osaka coming out about the fact that, I mean, she was exhausted mentally and having, you know, those problems. It was good. It's good for sport in general. And, and, uh, and most athletes supported her. If you could, you know, yeah. look at all the comments that were made. And, and now with during this game with Simone Biles, you know, pulling out and only participating in the last event. Again, I think athletes were all, you know, the people that are really closest to the sport were all sympathetic. It's, it's, you know, it's the average <laughs> Joe on the street that was really critical. 
Mm. You know, how could you how could you pull out? How could you not, you know, give us our enjoyment that we're looking for? Mm-hmm. You're spoiling, you know, my games. And I was, you know, expecting you to give us your best. And what's wrong with you? Uh, that that's the kind of person that doesn't understand, uh, you know, mental health care. And uh, so I'm glad, you know, I'm glad it, I, it came out. I think it is a turning point in a way. And I think there will be more um, consideration given to the athletes pressures that they have because, that's you know it's tremendous pressure to try to produce. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. people you're predicting with with Simone Biles that she was going to win five gold medals, and then you know ever, it, she was being told that every day you're you know you're you're expected to win five gold medals. Well, that's putting a lot of pressure even on, on the greatest. So uh, I'm glad that it's at least being discussed now. And do you think that might filter down to the Japanese sports culture level? Obviously, we're talking about elite Olympic level, but it's not something commonly discussed within Asian cultures, Japanese cultures anyway, mental health. Do you think it'll have a positive impact within the sports culture generally in Japan? Well, I think so. I mean, things have changed in Japan and and the many years that I've been here. You know, it used to be a a, a totally uh, Sparta-like atmosphere where the kids trained from you know, early in the day until late at night, and they weren't even supposed to drink water in the old days. Hmm. Uh, now you, you encourage them to drink as much water as possible. You know, and, and, and coaches just openly used to beat their players, you know, and uh, wow. less and less of that is occurring now. And I think there's, there is more concern for the, the health, you know, of the individual player now. And I think certainly on this mental issue too, it, it will filter down to a certain degree. How far, you know, and, how fast it occurs, I, I'm not sure, but uh, it certainly can't be bad for for sport in general that this has happened. Marty, do you follow the Paralympics? Will you be watching now as the Paralympics start at the as these games end? You know, I never got into the Paralympics as much as the regular Olympics. Part of it's because I was always busy doing other things, it seemed, and doing my own broadcasting or running my own sports teams. But I do watch it, and uh, I applaud, you know, the great efforts that, they, you know, the, the para-athletes have. Uh, I was just asked yesterday, though, by uh, Tokyo Shimbun, Tokyo newspaper, you know, to comment on the Olympics in general. And they also asked me, what do you think is going to happen with the Paralympics? And the mm. actual question was, do you think they're going to go on? Mm. Now, right now, they're talking about whether they're going to allow fans or not. But there is actually some question mark as to whether they really be, be held, because as each day the corona cases increase in Japan, there's more of a cry to outright, you know, give up on those, uh, you know, the Paralympics. And one of the things you have to realize is these athletes, some of them have, you know, very serious physical handicaps. And uh, they may not be as strong as your, you know, your normal Olympic athlete. So Corona, I mean, I, they could be, and I've heard, you know, some doctors say this, they're going to be more susceptible to the virus. And so um, some doctors are very vehemently against holding the Paralympics, more vehemently against it than they were the, you know, the regular Olympics. Hmm. Yeah, this is a bit of a leading question, Marty, but now the games are coming to an end. Do you still feel that they shouldn't have gone ahead? Or now looking back, you think all things being equal, it was more positive than negative. Where do you stand now on Tokyo 2020? I'm still negative, you know, and I and but but how negative I am is going to depend upon what as what happens as I said earlier, two weeks from now or two months from now when we see if if they get away with having done this, you know, I mean, if we don't see a massive increase in 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 coronavirus cases, COVID nineteen cases or the new variant cases all over the world after this Olympics, then I'll say, well, you know, okay. It's you know I I I can you know I can 
forgive you for trying to pull this off, but I go back to what Mr. Mikitani said that, you know, holding a pandemic and, you know, holding the Olympics in, during a pandemic is a suicide mission. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe this is a suicide bomber that's going to get away with it. I don't know. Yeah. Marty, over the decades, I, I know you have, you have watched and you have written about so many Olympics uh, and every Olympic cycle, the country that's the host goes through this same dance, which is it's going to cost us a lot of money, but we're going to make it back in tourists, in, you know, positive image for the country. Infrastructure, uh, Olympic Village. Infrastructure, Olympic Village. And, and I would say at least going back 30 years, if not more, to a country, every country has always lost money and a great deal of money that the taxpayers had to end up paying for. Do you think in a broad sense, is it time for the Olympics to consider a one venue location, you know, that can be held year after year, someplace where countries don't have to put their citizens into great debt, as we're seeing here in Japan right now, uh, for the sake of a little bit, you know, two weeks of glory or three weeks of glory. One thing I'll point out, Glenn, is you're basically right, although Los Angeles Olympics were the one exception. 84, 84 though, right? 84, that's they, they, yeah, that's yeah, 30 they, years. They, right? they, they, <laughs> <laughs> okay, but they but I just want to point out they yeah. made money because they had you know it's such a sports town, you know the the right. Olympic Coliseum that they used for the main ceremonies and so forth they had used in the previous Olympics yeah. in the thirties in thirty two so, exactly they had the infrastructure yes, already right. yeah so they had the infrastructure and you know every other Olympics has has been a real colossal mistake for almost every country mm. I mean Greece Greece is bankrupt because of the Olympics Brazil is bankrupt bankrupt. They're not only stupid to have the Olympics, but to have the World Cup of Soccer as well. Right. So, um, you know, there there is not much good that's ever left over from from the Olympics. And so what you're just saying, I've heard this proposal made by other people, and it makes a lot of sense. You know, uh, more and, and more and more of the bidding now for the Olympic Games, fewer and fewer countries are bidding because they mm. just realized what a colossal mistake it's going to be. And it's not going to lead to more tourism. It's not going to lead to uh, a lot of positive things. It's going to lead to a lot of debt. And uh, so I, I would totally myself vote for something like that. We'll take it maybe everybody pool their money and put it back in Greece again. And the last time Greece did it mm. recently, you know, it was a disaster. Uh, most of their, their, their structures are not being used anymore. Most of the facilities are not being used at all. They're falling apart. But if you were going to use them every four years and you could maintain them and the whole world maintain them, mm. that would be a different story. So I, I think having a, a permanent place for the Olympics would be one good answer. I've, I've seen articles now and say that uh, the time for the Olympics is up. And all the reasons they started it, that, you know, I mean, that there's no point to hold the Olympics anymore. The wow. people that really that are ra- radicals on it. That it's, the, the, I just saw an article yesterday that said the time for the Olympics is up. Wow. <laughs> Well, I was going to try and finish on a positive note, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll try. Sorry about that, Neil. I'll I'll tr- I'll, but, but, but let me just say, this is exactly why I wanted to have oh, Marty brilliant. on because brilliant. you know you you get an unvarnished get opinion honesty. that comes from a, a position of knowledge, Absolutely. right? Which that's uh, that's what I like uh, about talking with Marty anytime. <laughs> no, I I, I I agree, I agree, and I think it's great. Now, what I was going to ask you, Neil. Marty, as someone within Japan, obviously. Were there, and I'm not sure there will be now, but were there any moments during the Olympics that you really felt, okay, this particular medal or this particular event brought the Japanese together? It wasn't for long. It was only for five minutes or ten minutes or the duration of the event. But were there any sort of nation coming together moments during Tokyo 2020? 
think you see this every Olympics. Uh, there were two cases, and I, I should I can't remember which runners they were, but you, you know, oftentimes in the in the uh, uh, five thousand meters or ten thousand meter races, the longer races, you'll have you know uh, athletes who, who get their feet tangled and and go down. And um, again, this Olympics, we saw this happen, and the the, the people help each other up, mm-hmm. and then then finish the race together. That's uplifting, you know. We're nowhere, no matter where you're going to see that happen, and and uh, there were several occasions of that in in, in running events already that I saw this that, uh, during this Olympics. That was certainly good, you know. And and uh, athletes helping other athletes, you know, that helping helping them out, especially when they when, when they they have trouble. And there were those kind of things that happened, and, and every time you see that, it really you know encourages you that there are are some real good folks out there. Mm-hmm. Positive, uh, positive. One element of, of positivity uh, uh, in an otherwise uh, uh, mixed, very mixed story in Tokyo, and let's call it the 2021 Olympics, right? Not. But the I, I honestly suspect that Marty is not alone. I, I mean, am I right in saying, Marty, that your view is is the consensus view within Tokyo and Japan? I'd say so. All, most of the people around me that are in media and even in sports, I mean, the writer that interviewed me yesterday from uh, Tokyo, you know, Shimbun, Tokyo newspaper, they, their whole newspaper has been anti, uh, you know, Olympics the entire time from months ago. Mm-hmm. Most of the newspapers came out and, and uh, actually had, you know, um, editorials saying that the Olympics should not be held. Which is fascinating in itself, Marty, isn't it? Because, you know, Olympics is your bread and butter for most media organizations, obviously for your sports desk. So for newspapers, media organizations to come out against their own games is quite extraordinary. I agree with you. Uh, and But one of the things, you know, the only real big media outlet that 100% was behind these uh, games was NBC and their affiliates. Sure. Because they, they had bought the rights. They got the rights. And the other... Yeah, the TV companies that didn't have the rights and in a a lot of newspapers that around the world that don't have affiliation with NBC at all were more honest about the the um, dangers Mm. of holding this Olympics during a pandemic. Mm. I mean, you you just can't turn your your eyes away from that when, you know, when the world is is in a pandemic. It really is kind of a crazy time to to be holding a what could be a, a massive uh, a spreader of the of the, the the horrible disease. Yeah. Hey, Marty. One last question from one of our Facebook Live watchers, Sean Barclay. Um, has there been any one particular athlete that has stood out to you, uh, the biggest star of the moment in Japan? Is there anybody that everybody that everyone's kind of talking about there, whether it's a Japanese athlete or uh, or somebody else? Anybody coming to mind for you? <sighs> Well, right now, I mean, in this golf tournament, uh, the number two gal in the tournament is, is you know, in, in, in the silver medal striking distance right now, maybe win the gold. I mean, if she, if she wins it, she's going to become a big star. Mm. Let me see. You know, uh, a lot of news here was generated by the basketball team, even though they lost all three games in their, in their round because suddenly they, had, they could compete with, with the biggest countries in the world because they have Rui Hachimura, Got a lot of publicity. Mm. Who is, you know, be- become an NBA star now, and and also um, mm, Baba Yudai, who plays in Australia, came back from Australia, and uh, they have uh, Watanabe Yuta from Toronto uh, Raptors, and so the the basketball team got a lot of coverage in, hmm. in spite of losing their three games, but they played against three of the best countries in the world, right. and still held their own. And j- just before the Olympics, in a, in an Olympic warm up uh, match. Uh, J- Japan beat France 
and had never that never beaten a country at that level before. And then the French in a pre pre Olympic match beat the USA. Hmm. So you could say that 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 you know Japan's even able to compete with you know USA. So the basketball team drew, in spite of the three consecutive losses in their block, got an awful lot of attention. Very uh, the, the sprinters, yeah. the sprinters, the sprinters. You know they always do well in the relays. And the a relay team again this year did very well. I think it was a bronze medal for the men in the four by four. Uh, was it the four by one hundred? Anyhow, they, they did extremely well in in the uh, relay races again, and they always do that. So, yeah, I can't think of uh, many individuals, but you know, as far as events go out, uh, Japan's won more gold medals this time than they mm. did in the '64 Olympics. Right. So it's. It, it's their biggest medal haul ever in golds. Yeah, they're currently at 24, 24 golds as I read it online, although that may have changed in the last few hours. But, yeah. It, it could. Yeah. And I think they're the I think pre- previous best was 20 in the Tokyo Olympics when no one was playing volleyball except Japan and when not many countries were competing in judo and Japan you know, mm. took home all the medals. And mm. now some of the sports that Japan used to dominate in, gymnastics, um, a lot of the countries around the world have brought their levels in those sports way up, and it, it's not easy for Japan to take those medals home. So I mean, this is a bit to uh, a home court advantage, but again, there's some really good athletes here, and, and you know I've enjoyed watching the games. Yeah. Great. Marty, we're going to have to leave it there, but thank you so much for your time. Marty Keenert, Senior General Manager of the Sendai Japan 89ers. Appreciate your comments and uh, insights on the uh, Tokyo Olympic Games today. Well, we'll see you both uh, here for our basketball opener on October second, right? I would love to. I would oh, love to be I'd there. You, you know, I'd, I'd love, love to get it. back there and see you. And uh, October second, third, our our first two games. Sounds great. Thanks again, Marty. Okay, my pleasure. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.